Hi, my name is Karawasongo. I'm the group CEO of House of Brave Group. Hi, my name is Musa Kalenga. I'm the Chief Future Officer at the House of Brave Group. Gentlemen, welcome to the African Tech Roundup. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. So you guys obviously are new um, in the building. We are in your uh, building in Hyde Park, and you, you've had a much publicized entry into the business. Let's put it that way. Um, the likes of Business Day had their say. We heard you on radio. Uh, and really, this is... Uh, Financial mail. I'm leaving things out. <laughs> yeah, it is. it's, it's, and it's growing. Yeah, so Karam was not having it. He's like, no, 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 financial mail too. <laughs> Don't get it twisted, as we always do. Don't get it twisted, as as one does from time to time on the podcast. And and so, firstly, congratulations on order. I have a lot of personal curiosity about why this is the sensible next step for the for the two of you. Um, but also there's been a lot of speculation about what might be coming next in terms of your strategy as, frankly, embedded investors within you know the businesses you guys are all involved in. And so without further ado, um, let's talk about it. Why is 2018 a good time to, to buy into an agency? As far as I can tell, um, we should be running for the hills as far as this business is concerned. Gotta, what, <laughs> come on, what, what's the deal here? The first thing is um, really it's 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 uh, it's not the year, but it's always a good time to do something great. Uh, that's what I often say to a lot of people. Um, so the dynamics of the current year change from time to time. We may have a different outlook come June on the economy, on economic performance, etc. And I generally, when I look at advertising agencies, don't look at them in isolation outside of the economic outlook. So it's always um, as, a, as, a, as a whole and not in isolation. So maybe going back to the issue of um, why would we do the transaction, etc. My primary reason is that uh, myself and Musa have for the longest time been asking ourselves a key question of how are we actually going to impact, one, uh, this industry that we work in in a major way, and then two, uh, just generally the South African operational environment uh, for young learners and young talent coming up. And that, uh, for us, largely includes the marketing and communications industry. But our interest is much broader than that in terms of providing a solution. As our recently appointed president said, uh, to Mamina. Uh, so we, we really do see ourselves playing a larger role. Uh, what House of Brave uh, um, provided as a business that we bought into was a platform to to take that journey forward, um, and um, I, I I figure the 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 issue around um, there are many deals that are happening, and obviously I'm I'm starting to get the idea that ours is uh, much more publicized than many others, and I believe it's for various reasons, but I think most importantly it's for the fact that we've taken an outlook on a much bigger vision for our role as a business in society than the service that we sell. Uh, it's often said that great companies have a purpose, and that's what we aim to do with this business. And so, Musa, as sort of chief executive at Bridge Labs, this group of uh, uh, actually tech-enabled startups, 
um, a lot of whispering in the corridors about why this would make sense for you from the perspective of, you know, your most recent experience at Facebook, um, leveraging all your insights and your current insights, given the proximity you have, uh, you know, to some of the more innovative thinking in, in, in Johannesburg and certainly, you know, in Southern Africa, your participation on this very platform, the African Tech Roundup as, as now a co-founder as well. Um, where does where does that tech background or your, inc- your your inclination towards tech as an enabler fit into the strategy? So, I mean, I think it's important to align your your, your personal uh, passions and ambitions to your commercial endeavors. Um, and it's taken <laughs> 10, 12 years, I think, for a lot of things to align. But I think they're coming together at a time where my personal philosophy around the future being three things, being, being, uh, being Africa at its core, um, it's being technology, and it's being creativity. Those three pillars for me are going to define um, whether or not we get to the table and we play at the right level as, uh, as as African businesses, as young people participating in the economy. So from a technology perspective, as rightfully mentioned, um, I've been very fortunate to have been able to be exposed to what global technology looks like um, you know, on the scale of a platform like Facebook, and by implication to understand the inner workings of those kind of businesses and what it takes to make them work. Um, building a product um, like like a Facebook is not an easy thing. Um, there's a lot of variables to be taken into consideration, but it's an important skill and an important journey for me to have gone down. And so my, my investments um, in Bridge Labs have been to try and take that knowledge and build things, you know, because it's just as important to talk about stuff and to, you know, this is the day and the age of, of leveraging technology that's already out there, and I believe that. Um, but there's a skill and there's a discipline in being able to build technology. Um, and in building technology, um, you have to do so with a firm view of the African consumer, right? Um, and that's a big part of my, my, my marketing background and my, uh, my brand building uh, hat around how do we make and create solutions that truly resonate and truly solve problems. Um, I speak about it a lot because it's something I'm passionate about. But if you are able to come up with these great ideas and these greater products and you can't build them, you're only half of the way there. And I think the glue that holds it all together is then is then creativity. I mean, an investment into House of Brave is investing into a machine that has got creative excellence at its core. It's inve- investing into a machine that understands traditional advertising and landing specific messages, um, understanding the neuroscience journey of consumers. All of that is, is fundamental to the mix. Um, and so bringing them all together at the right time um, with, with the correct partners in the table um, for me has, has made absolute sense and I think we're right in the beginning of the journey but even right in the beginning of the journey although it's not entirely clear it's quite clear um, at the same time um, so I think that's why the, the, the deal and the, and the, and the investment is timeless um, I do think there'll be a lot more that we're going to be doing I think our philosophy as, as young uh, Africans is that I don't think we you know one size will fit all nor do we think that we'll get it right the first time so we built into our plan and our strategies redundancy around risk and, and in reward that's what it is. Um, so, so from that perspective, there'll be a lot more activity that'll be that'll be in the public eye. Um, but we're moving, and we're moving very quickly. So, so it's an exciting time. The most interesting thing that is happening with uh, where the space that Musa finds himself with the products and the tech development is that you always need a, a strong reseller model. Now, how these two organizations uh, potentially feed off one another is that if everyone can focus on what they're expertly good at, and um, we are good at reselling, um, they're good at tech, um, it can create a wonderful marriage because one of the issues that 
really burdens uh, small business, whether it be tech companies or new products on the market, is actually a very clear sales path to decision makers. Now, one of the big areas of monetizing the technology that the guys uh, build at Bridge Labs, etc., is actually getting advertisers on board. Now, it only makes sense to actually associate yourself with a very powerful marketing and communications house. So you've alluded to in, in your comment now the question of scale, and I think the role of tech to deliver um, results at scale or you know, to, to plug your clients, as it were, into you know, large-scale commerce. And so I, I guess my question to you, given what we know about the, the challenges of what's essentially a consulting business as far as advertising is concerned, right? And all the pain points that consulting businesses of all kinds, advertising agencies included, are struggling with. Um, you know, talk to me about the way you think about scale and, and, and growing a business like this within the context of all the, the challenges of growing such a business in, in, in this day and age? So, I mean, more than it being consulting, what a box we often tick off in the bidding process is professional services. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we are largely referred to as a professional services businesses. So what where we find ourselves is the advent of AI, um, big consulting firms, etc., is leading to a point where a portion of professional services and the easier tasks are being pushed to being automated. So let's start there. So the menial tasks would be then, um, for lack of better words, be run by machines. And that is the theory. And then the second part is what is the process that a client on takes when they engage an organization that in itself also as well is being distilled largely whether it be through technological platforms or whether it be through uh, trying to refine it to be a bit better through consulting processes within a business function now the one element that no one is able to harness is creativity simply because it cannot be harnessed and why this creative element is important is because it affects everything else down the chain. So the more creative you are around products, uh, packaging, formulation, etc., etc., the more it literally uh, affects the entire value chain. Now, what I foresee for specifically for the marketing and advertising industry is there's going to be two phases. Um, we are on somewhat a declining phase as, a, as an industry, and we need to evolve. But there are certain actions that you need to take as a business when you are in decline phase before evolution. Um, and those, that, those, that's really what separates uh, the top performers from the guys that are ultimately going to crush and burn. So the future is coming, but it's not here yet. My point exactly. And the thing is that um, um, we, we often, when we talk to our staff and we discuss uh, uh, um, a lot of our strategic direction, we often refer to you must feel the rate of change. So you must know how quickly things are changing rather than just understanding that things are changing. Because if you feel the rate of change, you are able to pace yourself because you can't change too quickly. 
the change has to take all stakeholders on the journey. You can't leave anyone behind. And when I say anyone, I mean regulators, clients, value chain, etc. I suppose that's a danger of sort of buying into the notion that the you know the Afrofuturism we see in things like Black Panther is in fact reality. I mean, at the end of the day, we kind of still need to live through the realities of being in South Africa or Nigeria or you know North Africa, wherever you might be on the continent, and and of course aspire to these things, but but realize that you know there's tough work to to getting to that idea that we see on screen if for those of you who watch the movie yeah i mean <clears throat> I, I agree and i disagree somewhat um i agree because yes it 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 won't be wholesale and accessible in the sense that you won't see the wakanda view of the of of, of our continent tomorrow did you see the movie firstly yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, this weekend. No, man. No, no, no. We need to stop this interview and send him to a cinema. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've seen, I've seen it almost twice already. But, um, but, but, uh, but I do believe the responsibility is on African entrepreneurs to create those pseudo-environments in as much as they can to be able to project the future. So, I mean, whether we buy a building and we turn our building into the Wakanda we want to see, it's a, it's a better start than to say we're not going to get there. Um, and whether you bring the right people who understand that view of Afrofuturism in the context of work, because that's a whole other body of, uh, of HR that we haven't solved for, right? Uh, you know, what is the impact of being able to bring a truly Afrofuturistic workplace um, into reality, right? If you've got the best people from Egypt working with you, from the Gambia, from Cote d'Ivoire, from, you know, what does that look like? How does that manifest itself? I don't think we've, we've been able to answer. I don't think that environment has necessarily been created. The closest we get is the McKinsey's of the world. But even then, it's like, it's Ivy League Wakanda, which is not really the Wakanda, you know, of, you know, on the ground. So, so I think there's a responsibility for us to build towards it. And there's things that we can definitely do. Um, I don't think it's yet been wholesale achieved or bought into. But if not us, who? You know, if, if we're not going to be the guys who, who create those environments and visualize those experiences. I mean, in one of our boardroom, um, our first board meeting, it's actually one of the things I said is that we need to figure out a way of um, of taking this notion of what this agency looks like in the next 10, 15 years and figuring a way to illustrate it visually so that we can speak to people here and give them a reference that is so fantastic but also so achievable um, because I think that's the job of a leader is to say, you know, the future is there. We may not, you know, may not get there. But that's where we're going and we can solidify it enough for you to believe in it. And in solidifying it enough to believe in it, that's where the culture then follows. So as I said, respectfully, I think, no, we're not there, but I also think that's it's not good enough to say we're not there. It's more important to make films, to create stories, to build organizations that start to illustrate what that will, be, will look like when we do get there. So interestingly enough, um, the story of IBM and what's quite classic about it when you read um, uh, that, that history is that uh, on the first day it was started, the guys that uh, were brought into the uh, boardroom, they drew an entire picture of what IBM will become in the world today on day one. Um, so maybe there's a there's a point to <laughs> illustrating everything. And I think that it's um, um, human beings, we are visual creatures. Um, we like stories. We like stories with uh, huge narratives. And we identify more because almost in, in instinctively we find ourselves in the story. And that's what makes us connect with the journey. 
And so I want us to talk about what you're drawing on your wall at the moment in terms of like where all of this is going. I sense that there, you, you're totally on trend in terms of, you know, this um, enthusiasm for the platform play and, and, and of course with Bridge Labs and, and now, you know, you guys quietly stalking other acquisitions via your, your other investment vehicles. Yes, I know you're not going to say much about what, it, what you're truly up to, but I know it's happening. Um, I do see this, this, um, this, this group forming around the platform concept where you know, everything's integrated. I want to talk about that a little more, as much as you can tell me a little bit later. But I want to uh, speak first about this notion of concept of agency, right? It, it's such an overused, it's often used, often misused, I think, um, in, in sort of describing the value proposition of organizations like yours and others. In the context of what you are trying to do, where you're trying to take this business, how do you think about agency and yourselves as agents in the context of what, A, corporate South Africa, corporate Africa, the global corporate environment needs and then of course in terms of what the citizens of South Africa the continent and the rest of the world need. What is agency in your mind within that context and how do you approach it? Look the the functions if you look at the bottom line functions of agencies they've always been broader than marketing and advertising I think that it's a, it's a reference framework of mind one it's, a, it's also linked to business planning processes. So when boards and CFOs and financial managers are putting budgets together, there's a line item called marketing and advertising, and naturally it drives that kind of understanding and that kind of purchase uh, due to the system design. But where the future is going and what we want to build for this specific business is you will always have the, 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 the function of an agency being part of the group, um, without a doubt, because that is the creative output. But what you will have a lot more of is new types of understanding and new types of functions under the group. So um, one that I often speak of is really different types of approaches to closing the gap that exists between business strategy and marketing and branding strategy. I think the age where agencies are invited to conferencing with entire business units and are only involved in marketing and advertising segments are over. Agencies should be sitting throughout everything, throughout pricing, throughout product discussions, throughout all these elements that literally affect the business, throughout finance discussions, etc., etc., so that they can bring uh, their understanding to the business and elevate creativity as a very functional part of the business across all business functions. Um, another part... So wait, McKinsey is listening, Accenture is listening, Flippin' Bain is listening, and they're thinking, oh my word, um, they're coming for us. Should they be worried? Um, I don't think that they should be worried. I think that they should be calling to collaborate. Ah. I think, I think it's, um, they've got something that they do extremely well that we do maybe the market may perceive to a medium term level um we've got something that we do extremely well that they are looking for and they're trying to understand 
Um, the world is going to be collaborative in system design. That is almost a guarantee. Um, so what we need to do more of is find ways where we can work towards a common value instead of currently how we are working, where we are having our input only been paid and remunerated for our input. So we need to literally um, really realize the, the, the creative effect of uh, creativity on value chain. That, that's essentially it. We innovate, we create ideas that make companies hundreds of millions, even sometimes billions uh, from an agency perspective, but we don't get the true value. So how do we then open ourselves up so that it's not about who delivers the solution to end the value. We know that ultimately we are all getting value and we simply focus on client to get solutions. So Musa, uh, given all that and given your role as chief future officer, which is a title I'm not familiar with. I know you, you maybe in unpacking, you know, in answering this question, you might help us think or understand what it is you you're here to do or contribute. But given given what we've you know what Sakara was just said, um, how do you what, what's your framework for what's in and out of scope in terms of what this business will need and presumably the things that you need to pursue, the partnerships you need to to reach for, the the you know the teamwork or the level of the extent to which people are competitors or potential collaborators the extent to which an industry is way outside of your lane versus something you should be trying to bring into into the fold what's your framework for working stuff like that out i think it's i think it's two things it's it's given our core capabilities our core and ancillary capabilities what is the scope of value we can create okay now, why that's important is that being a marketer or being a brand builder or being a whatever in terms of a professional designation has allowed you to have a particular skill set, which people will pay you for. And in the agency context, they may pay you per hour for that thing. The way the world is now is that that particular skill set in a different collaborative context can actually generate revenue, provided you're creating the value. So capabilities matched to value is really, you know, for me, where, where the line gets drawn. And that's an important conversation because in that, there's also a lot of decisions about what you're not going to do, which I think is a more important conversation. Um, you know, because, yes, you could say because we're, we're generalists at heart and we can understand a number of different things about a business value chain, we should be doing everything, which I don't believe. Um, I believe that you should focus where you can deliver the highest impact. Um, so, so my reference point coming into, in, into, this, into this relationship and into this dynamic um, is, is marketing as a base uh, view of the world um, really allows you the advantage over people that were in predominantly traditional spaces like accountants um, who were in very number-driven spaces that avoided things like gut feeling, avoided things like um, intuition um, because I think that becomes a stronger value proposition. And, and marketing at its core also allows you, if you've spent the time honing and harnessing the other components of your skill, allows you the ability to draw correlation between unrelated variables. You're really bringing something interesting here. Like you're speaking about marketing as a science, really more than a a practice. Yeah, and, and I, even for someone like me who sort of operates within that realm, I don't know if I enough or or, or consider it a science sufficiently enough or at all if at all sometimes absolutely well that's well that's exactly the opportunity and i think there's been some narrative in the market for a long time about 
marketers losing their place at the you know at the, at the business table and it's because the evolving i mean the mentality hasn't evolved past golf days and colors and i've said it a number of times i've said the marketers that truly understand what they have in in getting consumers and how they can take that and leverage that into business those are the ones that are going to be really really great the opposite is not always true i mean you do get one or two great examples of accountants that then start to understand consumers and that's typically the cross-pollination of skills the cross-pollination of worlds and that's where the future is the future is in saying what in neuroscience is interesting about this and what in healthcare can make a solution what in you know in in, in, t- in technology and logistics versus film what comes together when you put those things you know so i really think that's where the the future is and to have those kind of conversations you need to have a critical mass of people that think that way to enable the value to be unlocked if the value can be unlocked, you need a machinery that can then deliver that value, whether you're building it, whether you're advertising it, um, whether you're PRing it, whether it, no matter what, you, you need the machinery to deliver that. But it starts from that premise that capabilities, by their very notion, are defined as a box. And so we need to challenge capabilities. And then when we've got an understanding of our capabilities, then we link it to the value we can create. Uh, and then the concept of agency becomes, it actually becomes an, a, a, you know, a, a non-starter. Because then the role of an agency is a lot bigger than, yes, creating a 30-second TV ad. It becomes getting to the core of being able to drive business results for any organization. And then are you really an agency? No. And that's what the chief future officer role is about. It's about saying, what is it that we need to be thinking about to be the best version of ourselves in the future of which we can't define right now, right? And it's not something that most founders and owners can spend time doing because, you know, they need to deliver on operational KPIs, blah, blah, blah. But it's wholly acknowledged that it's an important role to have in, a, in any business that's planning to be sustainable in the future. And I think to, to, to add on to that, I mean, one of the key uh, functions within our group that we have is one on behavioral change and then two on neuroscience uh, marketing. So we, we actually make it uh, quite a science in everything that we actually deliver. Um, and it's not new concepts. They've been around the world. They've just been lightly practiced by the influx of new marketers on the marketplace. So we do a lot of support work in helping, firstly, educating our clients. Let's start there. You know, making sure, do you understand the new trends, the understanding, uh, the techniques, etc. Then from there, once they understand how it all works, we then apply it to the work. Because part of the, the, the distinction in understanding is you you can't sell something that somebody does not understand. So going back to Musa's point, is I mean, who would have thought of the big trend that is taking over the marketplace now, which is hydroponic farming, that we could actually run farms inside uh, dilapidated buildings, you know? Um, There's a certain amount of creativity. There's a certain amount of looking at value chain. There's a certain amount of really uh, trusting gut feel and seeing what it is that we would like to deliver. And overnight, essentially taking that leap to change the playing space. I mean, right now, if you think about it, we could have literally farms and farms and farms as part of city landscapes which we deliver fresh product to 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 uh, uh, consumers and really one launch new brands um elevate the marketplace in terms of product experience and quality and regulate a number of things um such as uh, infections and and um and um conditions of the product and the time it takes to actually get the product across you know 
um, and it has a much broader not only from a positioning perspective but social impact as well and that's what we believe is called is creativity and there's no one agency slash consulting outfit that could deliver on that without sort of a level of collaboration or appreciation for what's required a, a multidisciplinary approach i guess absolutely absolutely no one in their single function developed the ultimate solution but the solution uh, required a number of people to look at various different types of things and not and, and what's amazing about finding truly impactful solutions is that they've got really they've got really uh, multiple ways of being applied in society so going back to the hydroponics example what else can we do with that particular technology or function um, where can we utilize it? Um, can we actually start asking government to build farms in, in, in disadvantaged communities to actually feed them for free instead of paying them uh, actual grants? And there's just so many possibilities when you start thinking about it that literally um, we are going to literally play part of the value chain in changing the world and in transforming organizations. And so... <clears throat> I'm going to change tack a little bit here and, and talk leadership. What's it like to be a boss? Um, I, you know, in a new role, um, this business was founded by um, three individuals who obviously wrote something on their wall back then about where things would go and how things would work and how this big dream would pan. Presumably, you weren't part of that dream at the time. You, you come in um, as, as significant shareholders now, but, you know, on your way to, you know, to, to growing that shareholding uh, and also as executives within the organization. What are you pulling from? What would you say maybe the top two or three things that you pull from your executive experience, your leadership experience from previous, um, in previous uh, uh, gigs? What would you say are the, the top two or three things that you're, you're drawing on now to be hopefully someone hopefully described on the other side of this door as your my boss is just just he's so dope <laughs> so i think firstly the the acknowledgement that that you come into these relationships um standing on the shoulders of giants i mean the founders obviously took a took a risk they started a business they created value and a big um a big part of the cultural ethos that they that they tried to um, ascribed to was this notion of bravery of you know breaking from your, your you know your, your 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 point of reference your comfort zone and, and taking the risk which i think we both identify with myself and, and Karabo. um what, what i think is important to bring into this context to 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 respect that position and to grow um to grow into our own direction and our own uh, comfort space <clears throat> is is for me the I've always had the same approach relating to to people, um, to human beings. Organizations are just a bunch of human beings that believe the same crazy vision. You know, it's 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 proven to me time and time again. So the the important thing is that you approach a new context with your eyes open and sensitive to the individuals in that context. I think there can be a lot of noise. There can be a lot of things and there's a lot of excitement there's definitely the the Cyril Ramaphosa expectation of things to change and you know and then that's great that's a that's human nature but it's always important to listen first and to spend a good amount of time listening um, and the balancing act of the really great leaders is those that are listening well enough 
and are delivering at a level where they're building confidence at the same time. And I think we're, we're kind of we're in that slipstream now where we're saying, you know, we've got big ideas and big plans, but we need to pepper that with an understanding of the people that work within the organization. And at the same time, what is it that we land to show that there's directional intent um, and that we are committed and that we want to see the business grow and, and flourish? So, uh, you know, coming drawing from my experience, that's what I found to be quite a successful combination. And I think through the process, continue to keep your finger on the pulse around the people that you work with. I think agencies, unfortunately, are notoriously terrible um, at really understanding what's going on with their people. I mean, the, the, level, the, the level of turnover, um, sometimes the, the speed at which people can come and leave, and you know, generally the tenure in, in, in agencies is quite short. So those are all kind of constraints based on the dominant logic around selling hours. Um, and so what we try to move in terms of this value creation notion is if you break that dominant logic, you can start to break those inherent behaviors. So, so for me, that's kind of the exciting opportunity and what I think I'm going to try and be aware of, uh, you know, use the word being a boss. I don't, I've never really uh, considered myself a boss in, in, you know, in, in those words. I've, you know, I'd like to incorporate myself as a partner who works alongside you. Um, and so my style follows that very much. So I think that also might be something that people need to get used to in, you know, with regards to the operational stuff. Yeah, because that's not common in agencies. Let's, let's face it. I mean, you'd think because it's all this creative and it's all bright and it's beautifully, you know, the offices are always the best in town and, and the, you, you basically want to hang here all weekend. Um, but it's actually quite regimented in, 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 in many ways that people on the outside who have never experienced that that environment might not realize. Yeah. And that's another thing. I mean, I, if I can borrow from my Facebook days, one of the, one of the quotes, they used to have all these posters on the wall. And the one that always resonated with me because it, it's so much a part of who I am is that all the developers used to say, code wins arguments, right? And what that means is that you can be there you know, blowing steam and talking about all these wonderful things. Um, but until you build this and you show it, it works. Until you've added that value, then you actually don't have a picking order. So I think that notion, if you could transport that into an agency context and say, actually, it's not about being ECD. It's not about being a, a traffic person. It's about what value do you bring to the ecosystem. And that becomes a definer of pecking order, right? That's a very different notion on value creation. And I think the respect then will be will be leveled out. Then you'll have very senior people um, who, quite frankly, then become managers of these really amazing uh, assets, which we call people, which is where the mentality needs to shift for. And on the back end, you've got a great business model that can remunerate them well, that can incentivize them well, that can keep them engaged. Um, and so that, for me, is important in terms of shifting the way uh, traditional agencies have approached it. So what's it for you? So... For me, I, 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 I'm a simple man. <laughs> so one, uh, to echo what Musa was saying with regards to the commitment that uh, the founders have made in firstly uh, selling us into the business and obviously putting us uh, on, on, on a leadership path within the business. So I, I, I mean, I often narrate um, that I go to my daughter's uh, 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 school for Parents' Day, and um, one of the things that they do is they walk us through how they educate the the learners throughout the day. So a day in the life of the learner, they call it. And what always has a great impact on me is the simple applications that schools do to make sure that their learners perform well, and they know that they are cared for, and they get they receive the the learning material well. And it almost resonates with me in a corporate sense. I think the leader's biggest responsibility is to teach. I don't think that you can be a great leader without having an ability to teach. 
uh, and what a, what a, what a, what a great teacher does is they also try and understand the pace and ability of each learner individually because different learners excel at different things and they bring them in and they're able to train them uh, through either tools or ways that the learner actually understands. So that is, uh, for me, a very big responsibility. The second thing is that um, I've always believed that respect is end. I've never uh, considered myself a leader till the people that the people decide that you are an actual leader. Titles are not leadership. So we are at the bottom of the food chain right now. We've only been here for a month. Hopefully we've had impact. Uh, I don't know. The Only the guys know. Um, but um, what will begin to happen is that we will build our leadership credibility within the organization as time continues and as we begin to deliver for the organization and people really feel the impact of us being involved as team members and value adding members within within the organization and also lastly uh, from i mean the biggest 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 uh, issue right now that is a big conversation talk is transformation so if you are a leader and particularly you are black and uh, you are in 2018 one of your biggest conversations will be how do you transform the companies so if our overseas listeners they're probably more familiar with debates around diversity yes so diversity essentially getting more black talent into management positions giving black talent more fair value remuneration there's been a lot of employment surveys that highlight that uh, black talent gets remunerated less there are many functional issues that are in the system so one of the one of the biggest responsibilities of leadership in this day and age is to make that transition uh, accordingly while retaining diversity it's not about getting black talent and positioning black talent at all costs it's about how you create shared value for everybody at the table and sort of level the playing field so very big conversation to have and uh, i i always like to also have honest conversations i think that um, part of what frustrates uh, a lot of people in organizations is leaders that don't have honest conversations. Uh, in one, representing where the company is at. Two, representing the relationship that the company has with the individual employee and just putting it out there so that you are both at the same thinking uh, uh, level in order to find solutions. And um, because we are operating from South Africa, and it's got one of the most highly regulated labor environments. We always have a very difficult time balancing the honesty versus the regulatory environment. Um, so it's, it's where we're at. And so one more question in this vein before the last one regarding platform and, uh, and your thinking around that. So I want you to take a moment and think about the worst leader you had to work for or work with. Okay, I want you to have that picture, that person in your mind. Okay? <laughs> Musa's laughing. Um, and now I want you to address them. Like, what would you most want them to know? Just imagine they're here now, sitting where I'm sitting in front of you. What would you most want them to know? 
So, I'm 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 very clear on that question. <laughs> uh, What's that? Name them and shame them. No. Look, I mean, we'd, we'd get we'd get we'd get lessons, guys. We'd get lessons, but I'm not sure it'd be so good for you. Look, uh, but the the guys are still very powerful and influential, so there's no naming and shaming here. But um, but the the one thing that really gets me and um so when i say working with leaders i don't only mean people who from a perception perspective are above me it's also from a perception perspective that are below me because everyone is a leader in their own right i've seen i've seen people that would report to me i've seen people that i would report to in many contexts uh, make the same mistake it is an absolute 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 responsibility to see the world as it is and not as you are. Um, a lot of our experiences, uh, perceptions, etc., influence in our lives, whether it be professionally or personally, create a sort of uh, a lens that we use to see the world. And that lens uh, informs our thinking and ultimately our opinions and actions. And the absolute thing that we have to do is we have to be cognizant of ourselves and the lenses that we carry every single day uh, in meetings, in discussions, in decision making, etc. We, we, it's, it's only yourself that can level the playing field in your mind. And I see a lot of leaders failing to see the world as it is, not as they are. All right. So basically, Mr. Leader or Miss Leader, Get over that bias, man, is what he's trying to say. Absolutely. Uh, it's a bias. It's a prejudice. Um, it's, it, 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 it is described in various ways, but ultimately it's a lens to see the world. All right. Musa? Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, the first thing that came to mind was exactly that. You know, leader X, it's, it's not about you. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a core thing that I've seen good leaders do badly. Um, I've also, you know, the funny thing with leadership is that you can, the leadership traits sometimes, you can mistake a good leader um, who's actually doing a lot of damage. I mean, organizations do it all the time. So the second thing um, I would then say to that leader would be you, you can't achieve it on your own. Uh, you know, I think a big part of leadership, yes, is a position of responsibility. But it's not a position. Uh, it's not a, a position of uh, isolated responsibility, um, and that ability to bring the correct people around you to be able to achieve goals is important. So, um, number one, it's not about you, um, and uh, and it's impossible to achieve it on your own. I think those would be the two things I would say. Right, it's been fantastic, guys. Um, and so let's let's close on this um, fairly large topic. So I mean, we don't ha we only have a few minutes left together, but um, let's give it a bash. There's a huge trend towards the, you know, towards the platform and, and its role in, in taking society forward. Uh, it's all over, you know, the tech blogs. It's, you know, a lot of the VCs are talking about it. Investors are crazy about it. Startup founders are trying to be onto the next sort of big platform uh, trend. Amazon's leading the world in, in that sort of kind of thinking. Uh, we've got the likes of, you know, the garden... Uh, the garden venture we've got we've got local examples of excellence or uh, in that space and, and people who are are, are 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 harnessing that trend i sense you guys are onto that trend um give me a sense of 
if I'm right or if I'm wrong and and how as much as you can tell us about how you are you are sort of climbing onto this trend or at least um, seeking to tame it um, firstly I think that um, Musa should succinctly <laughs> cover this but I'll 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 I'll, I'll start I'll, I'll lay the groundwork by saying this um it's not about platforms it's about scalable solutions let's always think of it on that frame so when people announce platforms all they are simply announcing is scalable solutions so that's where every company should be you know how do we get scalable solutions into the space for us we are looking at a number of various uh, 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 issues in 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 the in the uh, uh, um, marketing and advertising space one we say there's a very big army we call them the freelancers are coming uh, <laughs> the, the they are really coming and we need to find the solutions to 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 work with them um, and to integrate them into our normal everyday operations. And I'm talking hundreds of thousands of very competent individuals. And then secondly, uh, an issue that's very close to me is we are not recruiting talent fast enough in the space that we work in. We, we are not spoiled for choice, and it's an issue. And one of the things is that we have an in inability to train interns into our space uh, very quickly, very competently, in a provable way. So those are the two things that, for me, keep me up at night. And I believe that there are ways and to, to, to engage. And um, just like that, I'll hand over to, to Musa to just take it from there. I wish you guys could, I wish I had a camera up in here because the way they kind of look at each other, like checking each other, making sure he's not saying too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there's fake news these days. We must make sure that we get it right. <laughs> um, platform. So I spend, I spend quite a bit of time with my kids in uh, restaurants that have play areas. Um, and this past weekend was no different. Um, and what was interesting is I observed some behavior with the kids. Um, that are playing in the play areas. You've got a set of motorcycles, which you know they all, all go to and they'll play with. Then all of a sudden, the motorcycle drops, and then someone gets up and goes to the swing. And then the swing gets boring. They get up and they go to the next thing. And this happens. And sometimes they come back to the motorcycle. Sometimes they don't. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is that I very much observe this notion around platforms in the same context. Is that what a platform is? Is that it's a it's a it's a it's a collection of two things. Um, a critical mass of individuals brought together by something. Sometimes it may be technology, sometimes it may not. Um, but their interaction and the scalability of them being brought together is, is amplified by technology. And the interactions then define w how brands can play in that space. Right? That's the notion of a platform. If you've got the ability to bring people to a place, typically that, like influencers do, um, but you have no idea what the interaction will lead to monetization, you've got a gap. If you've got the ability to bring people to a platform based on technology like Facebook did, but you haven't figured out how to monetize it, you've also got a gap. So the thinking is not complete until you've been able to understand those three things and have a business model at the center of it that allows you to, 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 to pretty much um, uh, capitalize on it. 
brands will forever be asking the question around where they can get most impact for the money that they spend. Um, and previously, television, you could argue, was a platform. Uh, radio, you could argue, was a platform. Uh, you know, Some people say they're media channels and they're routes to market. It's arguable. Um, but if you think about the way things have developed now, the, the, what you're buying in terms of media spend um, is access to a critical mass of people that are brought together that display specific behavior that leads to growth for a business. And I think that thinking allows a lot more um, sustainability, um, if you think about where agencies are coming from and where they could potentially be going. I think about that kind of thinking also forces um, creative people to think with a more commercial hat. Um, and I think it also forces them to have different skill sets in the conversations around problem solving. So I think there's a lot of credibility in starting to think about things in that direction. And I don't think it's misaligned with with a lot of how we think about the world. Um, but to what extent and how we'll make that come to life? Well, You'll have to tune in and keep watching, right? Absolutely. Well, I was just thinking now, even as you both were talking, what would I like leaders to learn from the two of you? Like, if, you know, there's an there's some old school legacy leaders um, listening to this conversation. And, um, there's the straight talk element that I really dig about you both. Um, but also just a, a, a singularity of purpose or a... a, a, a a sense of a sense of purpose i feel that's that's linked to far more than just sort of maximizing shareholder value and that kind of thing and it's often lost when when you you know if you turn if you flip the channel to like business television and they're just talking you know numbers and they're floating on the screen and all the talking heads about you know which stock dipped and which one and and we forget that um great businesses essentially get that right too you know and i sense that from both of you and so that's why i wish you well um all the best, and thank you so much for, for granting this interview. Uh, I have so many questions, but we'll have to leave that at, the, at we'll have to leave that for a later date. Um, thanks so much for being on the African uh, Tech Roundup, Karabo Songo. Thank you very much, and let's do great things. For sure, man. Uh, Musa Kalenga, uh, as always, a pleasure. Yeah, that's always fantastic. Thank you for the opportunity, and um, yes, as I said, to be continued. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we will meet somewhere <laughs> on on the platform <laughs> on multiple platforms <laughs> multiple platforms yeah all right <laughs> nice oh, I love thanks fellas yeah man that's it